0: You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of theparkboard.com. The thoughts and opinions of that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Arik, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore, the publisher of the Bark Board. And, Jackson, here we are, December 15th, National Signing Day, Part 1, for recruits uh, to join the Fresno State Bulldogs. Has it been a busy morning for you this morning?
1: Oh yeah, it's been uh, uh, and we're still going live right now with some other stuff still still pouring in. It's uh, I feel like uh, WoGe today it's, uh, doing this podcast with news breaking <laughs> left and right. But um, uh, yeah, most of the signatures are in already for Fresno State this morning as we're talking, so we'll be good to go to, to talk about this class. And uh, I'll be keeping my eye on, on developments as they come and uh, stay tuned to Barkboard dot com uh, as you listen to this podcast or afterwards to make sure. Uh, if any more news has dropped since this conversation, that uh, you can find it there.
0: Yeah, exactly, because uh, you never know. There might be a name that we weren't aware of that uh, will pop out as signing for the Fresno State Bulldogs. So we're going monitor to th- monitor that as we are uh, going live here on our podcast uh, to try and get this up as quickly as possible. Uh, but Jackson, ha- have you been uh, fairly... Um, you know what's your what's your take on this class? I, I mean, have you been impressed by it, or what's what's going on there?
1: Yeah, as far as the class of size goes, it's a smaller class, and I think the Bulldogs have pretty much maximized what they can do. The Bulldogs have eleven commits, and so it's kind of hard to to get to the top of the conference rankings with a smaller class that you look at the top three right now in the Mountain West, and you've got Boise State, San Diego State, and Utah State. They've got 21 commits, 15 commits, 21 commits, so um, it would take a lot of uh, action after this signing day to uh, make up some of that ground, but when you look at just the the 11 commits that Fresno State has, um, I mean, they they really did very well, and uh, the biggest thing is that you look at schools that went through coaching changes, like Nevada, like Colorado State, um, and even schools that didn't go through coaching changes like Hawaii that's having a lot of chaos right now in their program. I mean, they lost a lot of players to the transfer portal. They lost a lot of commits uh, for some of them. And when you're Fresno State and you're faced with replacing Kalen DeBoer, I mean, this class could have gone south in a hurry. Uh, But Fresno State did not lose a single commitment. Uh, Coach Tedford got in here last week, got all the commits, almost all of them on their official visit last weekend and was able to um, put them all at ease, confirm their commitments and make sure they were ready to sign and uh, added two more since then as well. So uh, given the circumstances as well, that's also um, something to really keep in mind because uh, in the past you've had coaching changes where recruiting classes have gone really bad and there was potential for that to happen here if anyone besides Jeff Tedford was hired.
0: Yeah, it, it, it. It happens every time a new coach uh, comes in but with Tedford coming in it, it pretty much stabilized what was going on as far as recruiting wise for Fresno State because uh, you go from a hot coach to uh, a very well known coach who has a proven record so they were able to pretty much keep every recruit that had committed to Fresno State and uh, you never know you might have a few surprises here and there in the next few days or or uh, from the transfer portal and or even one today that we didn't even have on our radar Jackson is there still a possibility that may even happen where somebody comes out of the woodworks that we didn't even realize was even interested
1: I mean it is possible and um, uh, I think you're going to see the transfer portal probably be more of a, a factor in the next round and through the off season but um this, the Bulldogs did have one kind of a surprise this morning. Uh, Gabriel Lightfoot, the defensive tackle, we'll, we'll go a little more in-depth on him, but uh, he had not committed yet, and he didn't announce anything until that pin hit paper and Fresno State announced it for him, so that was a little bit of a surprise. He had uh, Fresno State, Nevada, and Hawaii uh, and, as his final schools, and uh, had a pretty good feeling throughout this whole process that he was going to be a Bulldog, but uh, today confirmed it, and then there was another commit that kind of popped out of nowhere, Caden Rogers over at Buchanan. Uh, he is, uh, I, I assume he's going to be a, a preferred walk on and, and doesn't really show up as far as recruiting rankings or, or where our, we list the commits for Fresno State. But uh, we've certainly seen uh, walk ons from the Clovis and Fresno area uh, turn into uh, very successful Fresno State players. So he'll be one to watch as well. And um, yeah, as of right now, it's been, uh, besides those two, um, everything's played out as anticipated, but uh, there's still certainly time in the day for uh, something else to, to happen for the Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and while we're at, we're going to go ahead and start going over a lot of these uh, commitments that have already signed with Fresno state and, uh and, uh, you know, we're we're just gonna touch upon them one by one and and kind of get your take and and how things uh, progressed with this one. So let's start off uh, with wide receiver Jalen Moss, and uh, out of Menlo Park, California, um, he seems to be a, a three star recruit according to twenty four seven Sports. What more can you tell us about him?
1: Yeah, he's going to come in as uh, President of State's highest ranked commit in the class, as everything stands right now, and uh, well-deserved as well. Um, <clears throat> he had uh, several um, Power 5 offers, mostly from the uh, Pac-12 to pick from, and he's a guy that, uh, you know, sometimes you see players with those offers that, um, you know, they those Power 5 schools, they go elsewhere, or they decide not to honor those anymore after seeing some film, but Uh, That wasn't the case for Moss as far as everything I've heard. It was more, Damon kind of waited a little bit, and some of those offers filled up to an extent. And I mean, when you look at Oregon, he had an offer from um, Nebraska. Uh, But Fresno State also went toe-to-toe and battled with these schools. He also had Arizona State, Oregon State, had a lot of Mountain West offers he could have picked. And so uh, Fresno State really prioritized them, and when it came to decision time, it was just a, a really good mutual fit. Um, he's uh, not the. He's kind of an all-around receiver. He's at six foot, and he's got the speed. He's got the possession abilities. Kind of a do-it-all guy. Um, a little bit unique for for his size. You know, usually when you think of players like him, you think of a six-two Keyshawn Johnson, perhaps, or maybe a Devontae Adams, that kind of mold. He, he's not quite as large as those guys, but brings a lot of the same uh, abilities to his game. So. Uh, for Moss, I mean, there's a chance that uh, he could be. I mean, as far as the ratings go, I mean, he's as high as Fresno State's had in the receiver since Jalen Cropper. So, uh, expectations are going to be high for him. Um, he comes from the same area as Jordan Mims, so there was a, that was kind of helped a little bit in the recruiting process with uh, having Jordan on the team and having those previous connections with that uh, high school. So there was a, a lot going for Fresno State here, and they were able to take advantage. And uh, right now, Moss comes in with uh, the highest expectations out of the class.
0: Yeah, and it should be fun to watch, you know, as Fresno State continues uh, to reload at the wide receiver position because this past year they were deep. And uh, they're going to continue to stay deep with the additions uh, from this year's class. Uh, Next wide receiver, they picked up another wide receiver in Nathan Acevedo uh, out of San Diego, uh, California, out of Lincoln High School. Another wide receiver being added to the the pool of wide receivers at Fresno State. What's your take on this one?
1: Yeah, so this is kind of a a flip where... um, not in his commitment, but in terms of looking at Moss, the guy that had all these Pac-12 offers, and Fresno State was able to win that one. Uh, You've got Acevedo here who did not have any offers when Fresno State offered him, and he did pick up some more from the Mountain West, but he's a guy Fresno State sought out, scouted, identified as a priority, and uh, never stopped once they started, and was able to secure his commitment. I know there was um, a lot of people in the San Diego area saying that he was a Pac-12 kind of guy. I mean, just watching what he was doing at Lincoln High School this past season and really surprised that those offers didn't come. So, uh, I mean, he was a guy that Fresno State had to um, really keep on throughout the process. And uh, they're a little fortunate. Some of those other opportunities that maybe he has the talent for didn't come his way. Um, but he is a, a more of a playmaker, I would describe him as. Uh, I mean, he comes from, uh, as mentioned, Lincoln High School, where they were just flinging the ball around all over the place. Uh, The yards for reception and for pass were just off the charts for them this season. And uh, Acevedo was a big reason because of that, Um, just catching, I mean, big touchdown passes and and a lot of yards. Uh, I believe he had almost 1,000 yards on the season. So, um, I mean, he's going to be more probably of your your slot or your deep – Threat from the outside at about five foot eleven. He's not named Jalen like Jalen Moss is, but he's probably more of the Jalen cropper type for the Bulldogs. So um, you've got uh, an all-around receiver in Moss and uh, a playmaker, maybe like a Jameer Jordan kind of guy. Um, so with seeing those two, I mean, there's uh, a lot of uh, potential in that wide receiver room and uh, how they can build from here.
0: Yeah, it's uh it, the wide receiver position looks like it's going to be solid uh, for the next few seasons with uh, as they keep adding more and more talent into this squad. Uh you you feel that this is going to be a a deep uh pool of wide receivers as long as none of them leave Fresno State Jackson?
1: Yeah, it, w- it was big to start reloading because the Bulldogs haven't taken a lot of receivers the last couple of years um uh, two years ago, they had uh, Max Delaina, uh, uh, just as the, the lone wide receiver commit, and um, they didn't give it too much attention in the, the past class either with all the receivers that Fresno State had and continues to have. But uh, the reality is that number is going to shrink here pretty soon within the next year or two, and they need to be reloaded. So there's um, – I mean, having these two, having Delena ready to go, um, a guy like um, uh, Ballet Washington, who was a uh, – junior college recruit with uh, some extra eligibility they brought in last season who um, uh, redshirted this past year. He's kind of waiting in the wings. So and They've got some options uh, for kind of the long term as they have to phase between this current group of receivers and uh, the next ones up. And uh, the way that the transfer portal is going, it should give President of State additional opportunities to reload if uh, they miss on some of these recruiting evaluations.
0: Yeah, so it's it's going to continue to uh to keep an eye on the wide receiver cord, make sure uh you know no one no one decides to go elsewhere. As long as they stay put, this wide receiver cord is still going to be pretty solid heading into next season. Uh, at another position, the Fresno State is trying to kind of get figured out. Ever since the departure of uh, Jared uh, Rice, um, is the tight end position and. Uh, they they went ahead and picked up a three-star recruit in the name. <laughs> Bear with me, because I, I might murder you. know how I am with names. Uh, Merhati Expera. Am, am I close? Merhati uh,
1: you know, I think you are pretty close, actually. Yeah, I usually talk to the recruits and, and get those names squared away before <laughs> signing day. Um, I know he goes by Sonny, and so I'm going to refer to him as Sonny, because I haven't had a chance to talk to Sonny, and and make sure I get that name 100% correct, but um, he is a a guy who was, Fresno State was his only offer, they offered him first, and they got his commitment early, so they didn't have to uh, worry about any other schools in this process, but he uh, came to Fresno State on an official visit back in August for the UConn game, I believe, they had a couple official visits that weekend, a couple tight ends actually, and it was kind of first come, first serve, and he jumped on it, so um, the Bulldogs were happy to take him, and they were, kept his commitment through signing day. Uh, it's a good size, about 6'3", 220. Um, just a, a kind of a solid all around athlete at tight end. Um, Going to maybe be fill that kind of Juan Rodriguez type of role, who could make plays as a receiver, but had the body type to be a really solid blocker as well. Just kind of real balanced and well rounded, and um, it'll be good to get a guy like that. That's just going to be a true freshman next season and develop him a little bit. It also balances out uh, this last year's class as well because the Bulldogs took in, you know, two trees with their, their 2021 class, two guys that were basically basketball players that could go up and catch footballs with uh, Trey Watson and Cameron Beecham. and uh, that's already working out well. Uh, Watson um, saw the field quite a bit as a true freshman. Uh, Trey Watson, excuse me, saw the field quite a bit for the bulldogs and um he's uh the, pretty much the future as a receiver there at tight end and so uh, sonny's going to balance that out a little bit probably give the bulldogs more of a blocking option and um uh, we'll see that that group of three those tight ends there kind of represent the future at that position too where the bulldogs have a couple of um older guys the that will be playing the seniors next year
0: yeah, and to give a little more stats out there for everyone, he's a six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds, and he comes out of uh, Arizona, Gilbert, Arizona, from Higley High School. <laughs> I hope I said that one right.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but I believe he's the uh, the only out of state guy in the class last year. We saw the Bulldogs go to Colorado, to New Mexico, um, up to Washington. So um, this is a more of a homegrown California class and. Uh, that's probably going to be the tune that carries uh, with Jeff Tedford here.
0: Yeah, and uh, he's uh, he's going to be quite a big boy at the tight end position, and that's uh, something that the Bulldogs are, are probably going to try and, and use a little bit more. Uh, if everybody remembers when Tedford was here, that was a focal point uh, with Jared Rice. So we'll see how they uh, intend to use that tight end position once uh, Tedford gets all his pieces put together. But another uh, position group uh, at Fresno State that was in dire need of, uh, of adding uh, uh, fresh bodies to, and that's the offensive line position. And it looks like the Bulldogs did their due diligence and, and went after a few uh, offensive linemen. And we're going to start off with Nate Mayer, I believe. Uh, he's a three-star recruit. Uh, he's about six foot six, three 305 pounds, and he comes out of Lake Eraheim. Areha- Lake Arrowhead, California uh, up in Rim of the World High School. Uh, so Jackson, what's your take on this one?
1: Yeah, he's got a, a pretty cool story. Um, I, I've never heard of that high school in my ears. <laughs> <for> <laughs> rim, rim of the World. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's So I, I got to talk to him in depth and kind of get a feel for um, who he is and where he's from and exactly it's a uh, uh, high school up in the San Bernardino Mountains, where uh, they get a lot of snow. There's a ski team at the high school, where his older brother was a star on the, the varsity team, and um, it's a small community. Uh, or uh, there's Lake. He's actually from a it's uh, a, a small, even smaller town just outside of Lake Arrowhead, and uh, it sounds like a couple different communities kind of all join uh, at Rim of the World High School. And it's still a fairly small school, about 900 enrollments, I believe, and they don't have a lot of Division One recruits. The last one was about 15 years ago. They had an offensive lineman head to UCLA, so this is uh, there's a reason why you probably haven't heard of that school, uh, (laughs) as if you're just a football fan in Fresno. But um, I mean, he was definitely well deserving of the recruitment he got. He picked up an offer from Maryland. Uh, he had a lot of interest from USC and UCLA. He had Ivy League offers. He had Mountain West schools very interested. If they didn't offer, and um, uh, he was, uh, he became very well known despite where he is. And I would assume that had he been just uh, uh, not very far more inland or, or towards the coast, uh, for, towards LA compared to the mountains, his recruitment probably would have skyrocketed playing in uh, some of the more uh, well-known high school ranks in Southern California. But uh, he is the rare uh, Southern California sleeper because of his unique uh, background. And uh, he's going to bring a lot for the Bulldogs. He can play pretty much anywhere on the line. He's played from both the tackle positions, to guard, to center. He is uh, uh, about, as mentioned, we've got him at 6'6", 305. He, he said his, he's kind of measured in between six, four and six, six, wherever he's been. So, um, either way, he's kind of got the body type to play just about anywhere. And, um, it was nice to kind of hear about how he compared the similarities of his community to Fresno state. That's really what got him on board with the bulldogs. He heard about the pride of the Valley, saw all the fans in that bulldog stadium for his unofficial visit. And uh, really bought in, uh, he compares it to what it's like at home where, Rim of the World is kind of the, uh, I mean, that's about all they've they've got as far as a a team or something to rally around in that area. And if you're a a high school star, like he is, a lot of kids look up to you. A lot of the teachers and parents, they want to know what college you're going to. So he's been a a bit of a local star over there, maybe compared to uh, other places in Southern California where there's just a, a ton of recruits all over the place. So, um he's ready to make the move and uh, really bought into what Fresno State and the Central Valley is all about um he's also a, an outdoorsman he's talked about cliff jumping cliff diving fishing i mean wakeboarding imagine the 6 foot 6 uh, 300 pound o lineman on skis or, or <laughs> sca- uh, wakeboards and water skis i mean get out of the way yeah, <laughs> this guy does it all so um he, he was also a pretty uh, accomplished wrestler. He's not going to wrestle this year, but um, he was a uh, on his way to being one of the best in the state. So um, a lot to like about this guy. And one of those kind of uh, profiles you might look at four years down the road and say <laughs> all the signs were there for this guy to be a great player. And how other schools missed it, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, a, a- a surprise if he if he pans out he's going to be uh, quite a catch for fresno state on the offensive line um and you know with with them putting a focus on offensive line they picked up yet another player uh offensive lineman marcus simeon uh, he comes out of patterson uh california uh and patterson high school and he is a three-star recruit and he comes in at six foot four two hundred and ninety pounds uh Yet more beef to add to that line, Jackson.
1: (laughs) Right. And he's a a guy that even had a a slower recruitment than Mayer did. Um, Just Fresno State and Nevada and Sacramento State uh, were the schools that offered him. And Fresno State, again, was first here uh, just a couple of months ago. Uh, An under-the-radar guy that they identified and really liked and uh, wanted to keep as quiet as possible up till today, which uh, they were able to accomplish. Um, another guy I I talked to at length uh, just last night and he is very grateful for the opportunity given that uh, he went through so much of this process without any offers and I mean think about this you're a guy that you get two FBS offers from Fresno State and Nevada you're trying to decide between the two and then both of the head coaches leave and you don't even know if your offer is going to stand so that was uh, I mean it's been a hectic time for him but ultimately the Bulldogs got Jeff Tedford in and he took his official visit last weekend. And, uh, they're talking about being at Dave and Buster's and (laughs) Tedford, uh, talking with his family and, and really kind of establishing that family feel, uh, we'll have that full interview and the audio with it on the premium board. Speaking of which, uh, it's still 50% off for a year uh, today until 9 PM Pacific time. So if you haven't jumped on our sales yet, make sure you do that today. Um, Uh, But but back to Simeon. um, He he just felt that Coach Tedford was uh, established a home feel and a a family feel. And he is from Patterson. considers himself to to be staying home here in the valley. Uh, Not quite as close as uh, as Jaden Davis from Bullard High School, but uh, definitely a a valley guy and as ready to represent the Green V. So he's excited. Um, Really, a a fun guy to talk to. And uh, between him and Mayor, I think you've got two. I mean, as far as uh, commits go, you know, you're usually looking at the rankings and uh, the offers that they have. And uh, they're both solid, but not as high as a guy like Jalen Moss in comparison. But I think these are two offensive linemen that Fresno State really scored on and are going to be ultimately are going to outperform their evaluations and their offer sheets.
0: Now the offensive line has is, has uh, is been kind of a uh, a patchwork, so to speak, the last couple of seasons. Jackson and uh, with the addition of these two offensive linemen, you you still see them kind of going after maybe a couple more in the transfer portal to to try and shore up that that line.
1: No, I would hope so. Um, you know, I, I thought it was something they needed to do last year, and they only added one grad or one transfer, uh, a graduate transfer, and you didn't really see the field a whole lot, Jalen Guerrero. Um, they were very fortunate that um, Alex Akimbulu just made huge strides and looked like a different player, but um, still, the O-line was lacking a little bit of something, and I think having new coaches in, uh, expecting to have a new offensive line coach uh, take over that position group, a new set of eyes, uh, I think there will be more of an urgency to add a couple of guys, and not to knock uh, Simeon or um, uh, Mayer by any means, but it's just pretty rare to have a true freshman step right in and, and be a uh, starter or at least one that is um, you know not just thrown in there out of necessity. So um, I would like to see these guys have a little bit of time to develop. Um, the Bulldogs last year added two really promising tackles, uh, uh, Braylon Nelson and Roland Fullwood. So, I mean, those two guys and, and these two guys, I mean, they could be uh, four of the, the – of the future five on that starting O line, but you hope that it's not next year that uh, they bring back the returners and that they add a couple of pieces to upgrade that unit for next season.
0: Yeah, it's definitely one that uh, is it, in uh, going to need a little bit of work uh, this off season, and uh, we'll see what the the coaching staff is go- is going to try and do in order to shore up that offensive line. But another uh, on the flip side of things, Fresno State decided to load up on was defensive linemen in this um, in this signing day. And first one is Miles Bailey. He is a defensive lineman out of Benicia, California, and Benicia High School, and he is a three-star recruit coming in at six foot four, two hundred and fifty-five pounds. Something that the Bulldogs are going to need to reload on, especially with a, a few departures, right, Jackson?
1: Yeah, um, the D-line was uh, definitely one of the priorities in this class, and um, Bailey was a guy that uh, he'll be interesting to watch because he's been listed as a defensive end, as a, an edge rusher throughout the process. But, I mean, he's a, a pretty large guy himself. Um, but we've last had him at six and 255 pounds. I, I'd expect him to be a little heavier than that by now. And also... Um, his uh, rating and his score are just very high for a guy that didn't have any power five offers. He did have offers from air force army, Colorado state, San Jose state UNLV. So the Bulldogs had to, to battle for him a little bit, but uh, they got his commitment way back in uh, February. And uh, I mean, he is a guy that we probably anticipated was going to get that power five offer and be tough to keep. So for him to still be on the, the list on national signing days, big for Fresno state. And again, I mean he's got the athleticism of a defensive end with the frame of a I mean the frame of a defensive end too but the size and the, the mass and the weight of a tackle so it's going to be uh, I think they're going to have some fun uh, deciding how to use him exactly I think um uh depending on what direction the defense goes I think we'll still see a four down li- line with one defensive end that can potentially cut back or be an edge rusher and another defensive end that's going to be have his hand down all the time uh, or at least be that kind of a player. And I think Bailey's probably fits the latter. Um, but just really, I, I mean, he's a, a power five athlete in my mind. Uh, I got to see him even uh, the fall of 2020 uh, in a, a camp and up in the Bay Area. And I was just really blown away by um, how he looks compared to the competition out there. And so for Fresno State to get him, I mean, I think it's a, uh, definitely a big deal. And he's a guy that I could see playing uh, maybe sooner than anyone else in this class. He's going to have the size and the raw ability to contribute as soon as next year, um, especially when you consider the Bulldogs are going to have to be replacing players both at defensive end and defensive tackle.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see the development of, of a player like that. But they also had added a couple of more defensive linemen. Uh, next one is by the name of Jason Jacks. I hope I said that right, <laughs> Jason <laughs> Jacks, and he's out of Stockton, California, out of St. Mary's High School, a three-star recruit at six foot four, two hundred and fifty-seven pounds, and uh, he didn't have too much uh, competition going after him, but uh, could be one of those uh, nice pickups for the Bulldogs if he pans out, right, Jackson?
1: Yeah, uh, I believe it's Jason Jacks. Um, he's the guy that Fresno State also got back in February. Um, it didn't. I mean, it was still early for offers to come and a lot of schools stayed away with them being committed early, so uh, Fresno State found both um, Bridges and, uh, or excuse me, Bailey and Jax very early in the process and uh, got the, the D-line scored away uh, almost a year ago now already. Um, Jax, I think, has, is even bigger than Bailey is. I've seen the two of them kind of side by side uh, and the, uh, the the listings, the measurables aren't too different, but um, Jack looks like a different guy. I mean, more of a, a D tackle. He's real tall and long, uh, a lot like uh, Julius Lewis, who Fresno State signed in the previous class uh, out of Modesto. So I think the two of them. I mean, they're going to be uh, really, <laughs> really uh, physical and uh, intimidating-looking guys in the middle of the D line. Uh, I mean, you still got to have more of your stocky defensive tackles or your, your nose guard kind of guy. Um, to play some of the techniques uh, right in the middle. But uh, Jackson and Lewis are two guys that are tough athletes to get into Mountain West programs. And they've been able to pull it off now two years in a row. Um, I'm really excited about Jackson. The people I've talked to, the scouts also are his rating is uh, much higher than the guy that would only have offers from Fresno state and Sacramento state. And so um, uh, I'm looking forward to to what he can do. I, I think it might he might be a little bit raw. Might take a little bit of uh, uh, some developing. But between him and Lewis, I mean, those guys could be just absolute monsters in the the interior line in a couple of years.
0: Yeah, it could be very interesting to see how he develops. Uh, if he is a raw talent, uh, could be a, a nice project for Fresno State to to try and and mold him into the the type of player they want to have. Now, next is another defensive lineman that goes by the name of, of <laughs> Gabrielle lightfoot um, he is out of corona California He uh, went to Centennial high school a three star recruit uh at six foot three six foot three two hundred and eighty five pounds uh more being added to this defensive line jackson right
1: yeah, and um you know, lightfoot is not short by any means, but he is more of that kind of the the other complementary player you're looking for to those taller lankier defensive tackles. Uh, I mean, he has a, a really strong uh, core. Uh, I mean, he's got a little bit of that bowling ball type defensive tackle you're looking at, but again, 6'3". I mean, he's got long arms, um, just, but just a big uh, core uh, powerful legs, and so I think he's uh, going to bring a lot to the Bulldogs and I mean, I was I watched him at a camp at Fresno State. He came up in June for the Bulldogs high school camp, and I was really impressed with his speed too. I mean, he almost looked like a guy that could play some defensive end for the Bulldogs. So he's a, I think he's going to be a versatile player, and it's going to be interesting to see for Gabriel if he uh, is going to continue to bulk up and be just a, a massive D tackle, or if he leans and is a little more of a, a rusher on the edge. Um, so he's got some options, but. The other thing about him too is that he's still quite young um he is only 17 years old he's not going to turn 18 until he gets to fresno state um in the fall so he uh, still has a lot of room to grow and he may be uh not quite near his potential or his ceiling either as far as compared to some other players that might be more developed at this stage in their life so uh but when you add lightfoot you add jacks and and Bailey, the three of them. I mean, this is a really solid defensive line class for Fresno State and um, a, a really good combination of size and expectations from the ratings. Uh, it's just something that Fresno State doesn't uh, usually get too often in a class like this. Uh, usually you've got undersized D tackles or um, you know your, your edge rushers that are lean and they, they're going to take some developing to bulk up. I mean, even Aaron Mosby was the guy that, as a star defensive end, came to Fresno State as a safety. So uh, these three guys look like they're ready to go sooner rather than later and um, may be able to at least pitch in a little bit here as Fresno State needs to uh, reload on the line.
0: Now, Jackson, I, I don't know. It's been a while since I remember Fresno State picking up uh, players uh, on the defensive line with this type of size. It, it, it's It's... It's kind of interesting and and good to see that the Bulldogs have been able to kind of bring in uh, this kind of size on the defensive line, don't you think?
1: Yeah, and um, last year they had some of it, but it, it was tough to have it pan out because you had um, Jaquez Harvey, who is still not here. It doesn't look like he's going to make it. Um, you had Tito Chikiri, who uh, was injured, and now he's going to come with this group as well. Uh, he's uh, kind of a tweener between the ends and the tackle positions too. So that's going to help. And you did have uh Julius Lewis, who was just a massive <laughs> human being as we already saw this season, but he was the rarity. Whereas this class, you've got three really solid athletes who are, you know, they're versatile. They're big. They can be space eaters in the middle, or you might have a couple of those guys flex to the edge. And uh, it's going to be, um, they're they're going to have a lot of options to work with where, in most classes you have players that you are trying to fit into that peg and you've got to do it (laughs) regardless if they're not quite as tall as you need or as long or as heavy. So, uh, I mean, these guys are, uh, they, they've got the frames to where you can mold them rather than having players with talent that you need to build up in the weight room and in the, in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, in the kitchen. That's that, that's my favorite type of a workout uh, is the kitchen. Um, but uh, as the as the uh, signing day continued, it, we saw a trend that Fresno State was really defensive heavy uh, in this in this uh, signing class. And the next player on the list here is linebacker Tim Thomas. Uh, out of Stockton, California, out of Lincoln High School as well, um, and he's a three-star recruit, six foot one, two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, looks like Fresno State's going after these uh, defensive guys in this uh, first signing day, right, Jackson?
1: Yeah, and linebacker was a—it's a, it's a uh, interesting position because the Bulldogs were running a four-two-five, and so you don't have a lot of true linebackers. Will Fresno State keep running a 4 5 Will they go back to the 4-3 that Tedford had? Uh, that could make things very interesting for how the Bulldogs build their roster the rest of the offseason. Um, but for this class and what the previous coaching staff wanted uh, was just one linebacker and Tim Thomas kind of emerged as the guy and they got him. And then they got a little hairy uh, late in the, the process because uh, the Bulldogs did switch coaches or they had to switch coaches after Kalen DeBoer left and uh, it came out that William Inge wasn't coming back and that uh, four two five defense might not be back, nor would the uh, coach that recruited Thomas this whole time, Inge, be around. So uh, he was having uh, some concerns, but they got him on the official visit. They used those and were able to seal his commitment and get him to sign today. And um, he's a, another guy I got to see uh, last fall, a year ago. Um, uh, really a, an impressive athlete again. I mean, a guy that already had the frame uh, last season and I was I just look, I mean he passed the eye test as a guy that was like he was going to have some offers real soon and, and that was definitely the case and um, I mean had quite a few to pick from a lot of Mountain West schools came after him and uh, Fresno State was able to lock in his commitment over schools like Colorado State and San Jose State and Utah State um, just real good size about six one, six two, two twenty. 220 looks like a college player right now and um uh, again, it won't take much to, to mold him athletically. And he's also a guy that uh, when I talked to him, uh, he was really intrigued by the defense. And one of the things he did over the summer was he came to Fresno State on an unofficial visit and just spent time with Coach Inge in the film room. So I think uh, he's a guy that's really going to dig into the playbook when he gets here and uh, could have a, a really good understanding of the defense sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's gonna be interesting to see which direction Fresno State goes as far as the linebackers are concerned. Uh, I know a lot of people are still trying to figure out who the defensive, uh, the defensive coordinator is going to be, and that's still up in the air. So we'll we'll have to wait and kind of see who they bring in and what kind of uh, defense that they're gonna want to run. But uh, definitely gonna be implications on that linebacker position. Next player on the list is cornerback. <laughs> Joe Marion Briggs out of Stockton, California, another Lincoln High School player, uh, and he's a three star recruit, six foot two, uh, 165 pounds. Uh, looks like Fresno State was really going after Lincoln High, Jackson. <laughs> what do you think?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this class has a big Stockton presence. Um, uh, as you mentioned, Briggs and uh, Thomas are both from the same high school at Lincoln, and um not to be confused with uh, the other Lincoln in San Diego where Nathan is <laughs> from uh so uh, two different high schools they, they, but uh, <laughs> they just like Lincoln that's that's it <laughs> <laughs> but uh Thomas and um and uh Briggs are teammates and as well as uh Jason Jacks is from St Mary's High School in Stockton so there was a big emphasis on the Stockton area uh, a lot of that was with uh Julius Brown who was the assistant coach who was already left for Washington so fortunately the Bulldogs kept that all together as he moved on. But uh, Briggs is the biggest win for Fresno State in this class. Uh, They got his commitment back in February and over the summer his recruitment really blew up. He had Arizona, Colorado, UCLA, all from the Pac-12 offer him. And he did decide to back off his commitment and decommit and reconsider things. He took an official visit to Arizona. I think he took a couple of trips to UCLA, at least one, and It sounded like uh, the Bruins were the favorite there for a little bit, Um, but ultimately uh, Fresno State was able to win him back and then had the coaching change, and you had to worry a little bit again that they could keep him, and fortunately the Bulldogs did that. Uh, I've got a photo of him with Jeff Tedford in our signing day story right there on the front page uh, when you look through the recruits that we list there. Um, So uh, overall, I mean, he was... The Fresno State commit that was the closest to playing back 12 football and could have very easily if he wanted to and would have jumped on one of those offers, but uh, the Bulldogs were able to keep him committed. Uh, a tall, long, lengthy cornerback at six foot two, as you mentioned, um, got long arms and um, just a, a real a lot of upside for him. And if they can get a guy like him to pair with maybe a, a Kale Sanders, who had a really good freshman campaign for Fresno State. Uh, the Bulldogs, uh, again, could be looking really bright at cornerback for the years to come.
0: Yeah, uh, the Bulldogs are, are are really trying to get that put into place, and it looks like uh, uh, Briggs here is going to be a great addition to that secondary and, and help things along. Um, but the last player on our list uh, is, uh, you know, none other than than one of the valley uh just down the street so to speak of fresno state Jaden davis uh safety uh out of fresno california bullard high school and he comes in three stars six foot one 185 pounds great local player to add to to the bulldogs right jackson
1: yeah and uh, i'm real excited about Jaden. i got to see him uh it's been almost like two years now i have as a sophomore, just training at Bullard High. I think it was during the pandemic. There was nothing going on, and him and a couple of teammates were just grinding away, uh, training and and trying to get into the position where he's at today. Um, And uh, he had a a tough time with it as well, where he wasn't getting a lot of offers, and it was tough to get on the radar. And when he went out to camps in June, uh, he really showed some schools what he was about uh, firsthand. And he did pick up some offers from Eastern Washington, and Northern Arizona and Sacramento State, but ultimately that offer from Fresno State came, and and he was uh, quick to pull the trigger on committing to the Bulldogs. Um, If you look at just the commit page on uh, 24-7 sports, he's listed as a receiver, uh, which was his projection uh, throughout the process, but uh, Fresno State was very clear they wanted him. Uh, Most of his offers came at defensive back, and more specifically, Fresno State likes him at safety. And so I got to to see him play. You saw him play as well, uh, and he was yeah. uh, he was uh, looking pretty good at safety and, and making plays there, and still played receiver for Fresno State. I mean, excuse me for for Bullard, uh, where he was he put up quite a bit of stats there too. So uh, I think he's just a. I mean, he is a, a D1 athlete as far as his measurables, as uh, his body type already. I mean, he, you can tell he's putting in time in the weight room. I mean, he looks like he would fit in on the college team immediately and he's also has the ball skills and the talent and the vision. I mean just an all-around player who may not have just the eye-popping measurables and and uh, numbers and those kinds of things that get you on the power five radar right away but I think he's a guy that if you're a local school and you just spent a little bit of time looking at him he was a no-brainer to go after and so i um, really excited about him. He's been uh, really committed and just bulldog born, bulldog bred about the local team. And he knows a lot of the, the local guys that are on the roster already. So um, uh, I think there's a lot of the potential with Davis here. And I think he's going to be a really good player in the Mountain West.
0: Yeah, Fresno State really uh, did their, their job there on that one, uh, picking up uh, Davis. Is He's a great addition. He, he was uh, definitely, when I got a chance to see him, one of if not the best player on the field uh and uh really made an impact so he's going to be a great addition to the fresno state bulldogs to join a a number of local players who have gone on and had great success here at fresno state so it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in and uh, how quickly he can get himself on the field um and Jackson, that pretty much does it for recruiting day, unless there's some extra names that snuck in while we've been on the podcast. I didn't see anybody unless you did.
1: Yeah, um, so far, that's what we've got. Um, there's a, a, on the, the premium board, we've got our signing day primer, which was posted yesterday, which has uh, some of the other names that could be in play and uh, to keep on the radar and the uh, names that could, continue to be ones to watch going into February if they don't sign elsewhere today. So there's still um, some moving pieces to all of this for Fresno state, but as far as the signing class, it does look like the the guys we covered are probably going to be the guys for today. And um, the Bulldogs were planning to sign about 15 originally with coach DeBoer and their plans. So there's at least about four scholarships available for Fresno state to work with. I think we'll see uh, maybe a couple more high school guys in February, but I think from here, the focus is probably going to be on the transfer portal, especially as Coach Tedford digs into the roster, decides you know, what they need to help at m- most immediately. and um, We saw Coach Tedford was not shy to use uh, transfers. It wasn't quite a transfer portal back in 2017 <laughs> and 18, uh, but it was still very much alive and Uh, whether it was graduate transfers who came in right away or transfers that had to sit out during the rules at that time. Uh, Tedford brought in quite a few of those. And uh, a lot of them were um, local players that went off to power five schools or guys that went to mountain West schools and weren't recruited by Fresno state or turned the Bulldogs down the first time and wanted to come back and play for Tedford. Uh, So I think between Tedford's uh, his name and notoriety and, what he can do for college players as well as uh, the, what um, the good will he has with the local community. Uh, I think they're going to have no problem going into the transfer portal and finding some guys that can help the Bulldogs right away. Mm-hmm. And th- there's a, there's really no timeline on it now. If, if you don't sign today or by Friday as a transfer, uh, you're not going to be able to make the move till the summer. And so you can basically commit any time from January to June <laughs> and uh, you're viewed about the same. So this is going to be a process that goes on for uh, quite a while up until next season.
0: Now, there could still be the possibility that he may get one of these uh, transfer portal guys to sign today, right, Jackson? They, theoretically, they they can still do it today if they want to come in by summertime, right?
1: Yeah, if, uh, you can sign between today and Friday. And if you pull that off, you can make the move as a mid-year transfer and uh, play in the spring which Fresno State had a few of those guys last season. Um, but it looks like with the coaching change, they're, they're probably not going to go that way this year. Um, it's just a bit of a hectic time, and uh, I don't think they'll make too many of those kinds of moves till after the bowl game and after the coaches exchange in and out. And they have talks with the returning players because you're going to have super seniors that still, they haven't decided if they're coming back or not. You're going to have a lot of players that are kind of on the fringe of playing time or, maybe it's not looking so good they might want to transfer elsewhere and because those conversations aren't going to happen until after the bowl when the the new coaches are in place um, it's going to delay this process more than uh, what other schools are going to when you look at say San Jose State who is bringing all their coaches back who is not playing in a bowl game uh, they are being very aggressive with the portal right now and even picked up Hawaii's quarterback Shevin Cordero which is a very interesting turn of events so Um, it's kind of a different situation from school to school and, um, unless something just really stands out where Fresno State can't turn a guy down, I don't think they'll sign any transfers till January and beyond.
0: Well, that's disappointing.
1: No, <laughs> no I was uh,
0: you and I were around when the uh, Ted for came in the first time, first go around. And uh, it was uh, from like almost overnight. Uh, we basically didn't recognize the team. Right, Jackson. It was like he came in and just cleaned house um, it I don't expect to see much of that this season with with Tedford coming in, especially after he had a hand in recruiting over 80% of the, uh, of the recruits. Do you see maybe some changes moving forward at all?
1: I think there's going to be some of it, but not nearly as much as we saw last time. I think the number was somewhere around 40 new players were on the roster by the time Tedford came and and got the 2017 season going and actually DeBoer's first year as well there was quite a bit of turnover um Tedford said he's recruited about 80 to 85 percent of the roster and I think that is fairly accurate and so he knows the guys personally um they're all going to fit into what he wants to do so there's not going to be too much of that but I think just as every school is going to be doing for now on with the transfer portal and how college football works. Now you're going to have talks with some guys that might be best for them to, to look elsewhere. And you're going to have guys that also uh, want to look elsewhere on their own (laughs) without being pushed out the door by any means. Um, So that's going to be in play. I think you'll see uh, uh, quite a bit of room for transfers to come in here, even though we're talking about only a couple of scholarships open right now. I think, there will still be a pretty decent number of turnover, but nothing like we've seen in some of the recent years.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see just how the, the Bulldogs develop this uh, this offseason as far as recruits are concerned and that transfer portal. A lot of question marks. I think a lot of that's going to be answered once the they settle on uh, coaching staff. Uh, any progress that you're able to share as far as the coaching staff is concerned, Jackson?
1: Um, you know we've got some updates on the premium board. Uh, just about every position, uh, from the coordinators to the position coaches, uh, we've got it. I think we've got it pegged down pretty good now. nothing's finalized, and um, there's still, I mean, this is still the search is still ongoing. But we've got some of the primary candidates, and uh, some of the coaches we're projecting. Um, some of the names. I mean, obviously Kirby Moore has been tossed around as the offensive coordinator. Is his name and. I think that's still progressing pretty well in his favor. I think that's probably the most likely scenario. I think J.D. Williams will be back. That seems to be a certain as a, a cornerbacks coach or a defensive backs coach, depending on how Fresno State divides that up with uh, this next staff. Uh, and I think defensively, uh, Tim Skipper is a name that has been mentioned a lot. Uh, I would not be surprised at all if he ends up in the, the final uh, coaching staff lineup. But um, I think you need to keep your eyes out on a lot of former Bulldogs. Um, there's a lot of coaches that have either played or coached at Fresno State who have been in our reports, and uh, they sometimes some of these names have been tossed around the last couple of times without much legitimacy. And it sounds like this might be the time that they actually do end up here. Um, some some big names that are not currently employed uh, that that could be. Uh, this would be like the perfect rebounding spot for them or landing spot for them, depending on uh, how they want to look at it. So um, some exciting uh, uh, potential here for the coaching staff and uh, more information on that on the premium board.
0: Yeah. It's going to, if you want to find out the latest news on the coaching staff and all of that, uh, Jackson's got it dialed in over at the uh, barkboard.com premium board. If you're not a member yet, there's an ongoing sale right now. Make sure you take advantage of it to get all the latest news. Now, Jackson, we cannot get off without talking about Fresno State's a bowl game and a little bit of a conundrum happening right now where Fresno State's playing a little cat and mouse with UTEP, not announcing a quarterback. <laughs> a little bit of gamesmanship going on there, Jackson?
1: Yeah, and it's also, I mean they might legitimately be figuring it out. I I don't know. I mean, Jake put this program in an odd position and it sounds like everything is going to be smoothed out by next year, but it's still very fresh and um, it's still a a bit of a question mark right now. If Jake Hayner is going to be um, given the green light to play. I mean, he's eligible by all means. He can play in this game, but does Fresno State want to start him? Are the teammates ready for him to start? Is it fair to, the the two freshmen who competed for a week of practice without Hayner even around the program, uh, game planning and getting ready for this one. Uh, obviously, I think any version of Jake Haner is going to be the best option for Fresno State. But there's a lot of things for Fresno State to consider. Um, ultimately, I think if you're Lee Marks, you want to win. If you're Jeff Tedford, you want this thing to smooth over as as soon as possible. And uh, I think Hayner playing in the bowl game would be the easiest way to get this storyline pushed away before the offseason. And so my guess would probably be that Hainer plays, but um, at the same time, will he start? Maybe there's some sort of minor, I don't want to use the word punishment, but uh, maybe either Jalen Henderson or Logan Fife gets the start and Hainer comes in later in the game or they split the reps up a little bit. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, Coach Marks did not give us any <laughs> indication on Monday of what they're going to do um and it's kind of hard to tell uh, just because we haven't seen the scenario play out at Fresno State before but um I would be surprised at the end of the day if uh Jake Kaner does not play in some capacity and if he does not play the majority of the game and uh, I think if he does uh, then Fresno State's got a really good chance to get win number 10 on Saturday
0: Yeah, it's definitely a very awkward uh, position that the Bulldogs have themselves in right now as far as what to do at the quarterback position, Uh, but part of me kind of feels like they may know already, and this is just a little bit of a a gamesmanship going on right now. (laughs) You you never know. Coaching coaching staffs are are very coy in what they want to do, and the least amount of information they can share— it sometimes works in their favor, and this could be one of those moments. Uh, however, you know, Jay Kaner did not do himself any favors in 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 all, everything that transpired here, and so uh, it is kind of a big question mark as to who is going to, to do what, so to speak, for the Bulldogs going into this matchup. Now, lastly, Jackson, you've been able to kind of get a feel for what's going on. What has been the atmosphere so far with the Bulldogs at practice?
1: Yeah, so we haven't been allowed in the practice, but Coach Marks was very adamant that the energy is high, and you know you got to take his word for it. (laughs) And uh, it might be coach speak, but uh, he was very adamant that the team is energized for this bowl game, that they're excited to play it. That um, I mean, he even pointed out some of the more quiet players on the team, like Malachi Langley, uh, being vocal and outspoken in practice about. Uh, being excited to play and getting the the energy up. So, I mean, by all accounts, it sounds like the the interim staff has been, I uh, mean, doing its job and getting the team ready, and that the players have responded. But uh, until we see Saturday I, <laughs> for ourselves, I think it's uh, it's tough to take too much of it as uh, as the gospel right now.
0: Absolutely, uh, things are starting to shake out. A bowl game is just around the corner. It's this weekend, I believe, and uh, Fresno State takes on a UTEP um, and uh, and and get the. The bowl season and uh, 2021 over with, it's been one of those long years. <laughs> um, but uh, Fresno State is getting ready to gear up for next year. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast covering all of Fresno State's recruits going into next season. Jackson, Jackson any final thoughts uh, before we head off?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, it'll be Saturday morning, 11.15 a.m. Pacific time for Fresno State to take on um, the uh, UTEP minors. Uh, UTEP has not won a bowl game in like 50 years. So, I mean, they're going to be ramped up to play in this one. And um, we'll see if Fresno State can match the intensity. And then uh, things get interesting again after that where uh, the coaching staff should play out very quickly after the bowl game. Uh, we'll have all that covered. Uh, there's still a lot of recruiting to go beyond National Signing Day, the first one here today, and uh, the transfer portal is going to change things. So uh, there's still a lot of that to cover. And, um, of course, basketball season is going on. The, the men's team will be on the court in Seymour Center on Friday against Cal Poly. So that's a little bit of a uh, warm-up to get you excited for the bowl game the next morning <laughs> if you want to have a, a Fresno State weekend and you're not making the trip to Albuquerque. Um, and the Bulldogs are playing pretty well, uh, 8-2 right now, and uh, getting some momentum going into conference play not too far from here. So uh, still, uh, I mean, the season finale for President's State Football Saturday, but a uh, whole lot's going on around uh, the Bulldogs right now, and it uh, will continue to uh, all offseason long.
0: Absolutely, and we'll continue to push out podcasts. Uh, I believe we'll be able to at least fit in one more podcast before the year is out. Right. Jackson, uh, probably have some reports on the new coaching staff by then. Uh, if you think about it after the bowl game, then things will probably start to kind of get a little clearer for us. So as soon as we have news on the coaching changes, um, or even just do a post bowl game coverage, we'll have one out next week. Um, so be sure to tune in for that. Um, if you're looking for jackson you can find him on twitter at jackson Moore 247 if you're looking for me on twitter you can find me at red wave report be a part of our facebook community uh 5000 and strong uh just look for the barkboard.com and join that and as always head over to the barkboard.com and be a part of our community there as well as we have both free and premium boards but uh take my word for it premium is the way you want to go and right now we're having a sale so take advantage of that uh, and you will not be disappointed i want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of fresno state athletics